At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, what's up? This is Nina Perez and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. And as you know, we are here to discuss real life topics to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. And today I found Scott Aaron here. He is the go-to specialist when it comes to converting traffic, establishing connections, generating leads, creating sales, and building personal brands all using LinkedIn, which is really going to be good for me too, because I've been trying to learn how to really navigate that site well. He is an internationally acclaimed and award-winning online marketer, three-time best-selling author, and top podcaster and speaker, and I'm really, really happy to have him here. So Scott, welcome to Straight Talk. How are you? I'm doing amazing, Nina. Thank you again so much for the opportunity and just super grateful to be here today. Yeah, grateful to have you. Listen, I uh, LinkedIn is is one of those you're still trying to, you know, you're still trying I'm still trying to get. Yep. <laughs> still trying yep. to get. I hear uh, it a lot. They, yeah, but they have a lot of great tools like the creator tool and all that kind of stuff that that I didn't even know was on and then I found out it was on. I was like, "Oh, wow, it's on." Yep. Um, but I do have a lot of people in my audience that have always asked me about like LinkedIn and stuff and I don't know it that well. So I'm glad you're here. So before we get started with all of the knowledge in that brain of yours, let's know a little bit more about you, Scott. So tell us who you are. So uh, my name is Scott Aaron, uh, now uh, living in Marlton, New Jersey, which is about 30 minutes outside of Philadelphia. But I was uh, born and raised in Philadelphia, lived there my entire life, um, just outside in the burbs and then in the city for 20 years. Uh, I'm a husband. Uh, I'm a father. Uh, we have a, a 10 year old little boy, almost cool. 10, uh, named Taylor. We have two dogs. We have some koi fish and goldfish and <laughs> it's like a little farm over here, but, uh, but we, we love the madness. And, uh, you know, my traditional background actually wasn't in, uh, business coaching and consulting. It was actually in health and wellness. So I spent 18 years, uh, as a traditional brick and mortar business owner. 
Uh, I owned three different gyms. I was a personal trainer and sports nutritionist at corporate wellness speaking. And, but I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So I, I started in entrepreneurship when I was 18 years old, almost 19, completely by accident. I was at the University of Pittsburgh uh, having a really, really good time. And uh, my father had, had made some um, interesting business decisions, got caught up with the wrong people, and was stuck in the middle of a $9.5 million ins insurance mm. fraud case wow. that in the end landed him in federal prison for two and a half years. Wow, and tough. in between uh, my father getting sentenced and, and going away, uh, he had purchased a fledgling gym in downtown Philadelphia in an up-and-coming area. Uh, unbeknownst to me, that was going to be turned over to me. So when my father was getting ready to go away, he said, listen, the keys to the kingdom are yours. You're going to have to run this business uh, to support your mother, to support Surprise. your sister. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and again, it, it happened at a great time in my life because – uh, I was kind of losing myself a little bit when I was in college. I, it, I, I needed a little bit more parental direction. Yeah. Um, when I'm left to my own devices, especially at that age, at 18, I mean, school secondary, hanging out right, is primary. Right. So it was good for me because I came home, re-enrolled at Temple University in downtown Philadelphia, and bootstrapped it. I, I, you know, boots were on the ground. I had to learn how to run a business, grow a company, grow, scale, manage. Uh, like all those things yeah and it's where my resiliency came from and you know there was a lot of ups and downs there was millions made there was millions lost mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. there were there were houses lost there were divorces along the way but that that's the entrepreneurial roller coaster you know i always tell people when when you're at an amusement park you know what's the first thing you do when you get on that roller coaster you pull the you pull the harness down right or You'll, you'll fly out of the cart because right. again, a roller coaster, it, it goes really fast. At times it slows down. There's twists, there's turns. Sometimes that roller coaster, just like life can sometimes go backwards. backwards. So, mm -hmm. so for me, it was really learning all of those lessons, appreciating every single one of them that has obviously allowed me to get to where I am today and everything that I'm going to be doing in the future. Yeah, that's that's really, really good. And and something that I, I uh, preach myself, right? I always tell everyone in order to start transforming your thinking in the way that you do things, look at every situation that you think was an obstacle or a bad thing and pull out what you can from it, the lesson learned and thank that situation for the issue so that you can then grow and move forward. So I love that. Mm -hmm. um, as an entrepreneur, can you tell me like, or do you remember like, one of the big, ugh, I can't believe I did this moment, like when it comes to, to business, like one of those failures that became one of your big lessons. So, I mean, the biggest one was what led to me having to file for personal bankruptcy. And when we, we sold our, our first two gyms for a million dollars in 2003, um, at 24 years old, I became a millionaire. And at that point, we didn't really know what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of bopped around and personal trained. My father's still in the health and wellness industry, still trains, still does all that stuff. And in 2004, we opened up our third and final location, uh, but it was on the outskirts of Philadelphia. If anybody is familiar with the Rocky Steps at the Art Museum, 
Um, our gym was like three miles east of that, so not okay. too far away. And, you know, we didn't really know at the time, but the fitness industry had changed greatly. When, when our first gym opened in 1998, there was no online. There was no, you know, 24-hour fitness. There was no Planet Fitness. It was just mom-and-pop gyms, right? So we, we didn't get with the times, so to speak, and we thought we could recreate what we had done six and seven years earlier, now in 2004. And as time went on, um, we couldn't recreate that. And uh, for me, uh, the, the first thing that really shifted was, number one, uh, I definitely was blind to uh, family obligation in the sense that, you know, you're, you're, you're thrown a document and there's a, a signature line at the end, you grab the pen, you close your eyes and you just sign. And that's what you do as a family. You, you, sometimes you don't know what you're signing. And I didn't. But when, you know, six years into that, it's now 2010, and I was $1.5 million in liability debt, I realized some of the things that I had sold, uh, signed uh, weren't of the best benefit to me from a personal standpoint. Uh, again, there were a couple divorces along the way. But the, the biggest moment, biggest moment where I was able to really um, flip the script on all of it, the entire story just changed, was when my father and I broke partnership and um, I, I remember like it was yesterday, I, I called him into the, the office where you know, we were you know, running the gym together. Uh, I said, close the door. And I said, it's, it's time for us to break partnership and you're going to have to find somewhere else to train people. I said, I, I got I to gotta do this myself. Um, there was no yelling. There was no screaming. He didn't argue. He packed his gym bag and he left. And we didn't talk for a year and a half. And, mm. you know, my father, I mean, we're best friends, but I, I needed that separation. I needed to remove myself from that relationship to heal so there would be no more resentment. There was no anger. There was no blame. So as I started to, to run this gym on my own, again, you see it in movies all the time that, you know, now I'm left to open up all the drawers, right? And dump everything out and look at all the paperwork, look at all the documents. And I, I was peeling back so many layers of this business that, you know, I had a meeting with my, my business attorney and I said, I don't think there's any way out of this because the gym had been now losing about $3,000 a month. Uh, but the landlords that I had had zero money to put back into the building where the gym was. So when it rained outside, it rained inside. So it was, it was kind of one of those situations. Right. And you, you can't run a, you, it's not, doesn't enable you to run uh, a healthy uh, and it's not conducive for, for growth in a business, but, right. but the industry had changed. So I remember sitting with him. And this was around May of 2016, so almost about six or so years, six and a half years ago. Um, and I, I laid everything out. And he said, listen, he said, you have two options. And at this point, I was consulting and growing my coaching practice outside of that, but that's a whole other story. And he said, listen, you, you have these successful businesses outside of the gym that you're using that income to support the gym that is failing. Right. He said, right. You can, he continued, he, you go, he said, you can continue this narrative and just 
replaying these tapes over and over again, or you can start a new chapter in your life. And I said, well, what does that mean? He said, you file for personal bankruptcy. And he said on a scale of one to 10, 10 being a slam dunk, one being do not do this. He said, you're a 9.5. He said, Scott, he goes, "I, I promise you, this is going to be your chance to write your new chapter. And and this was like the end of May. And I said, well, when am I going to close the gym? He said, uh, at the end of July. I said, like, eight weeks from now, end of July? He said, yes. So we got all the paperwork together. And on July 31st, I, I'll never forget it. He said, you go. He goes, the, the, the week leading up, you privately call your vendors. You let them know what's going on so it, they're not blindsided. Um, you have an open conversation with your employees. Um, you don't say anything to the members because it's too much of a disruption. You let your billing company know that everyone is going to stop getting billed. They're going to refund people that need to be refunded. And you close the gym on that night. You write a heartfelt, genuine, handwritten letter and you leave it on the door. So the next morning they see it. And that's exactly what I did. And on August 1st, that was like when the weight was lifted off, it it was just this freeing moment. And when I went to the courthouse uh, a couple months later to get my papers discharged, that's when everything officially gets pushed through. You know, I, I remember signing the papers and, you know, the lawyer said, thank you. And I walked out with my business attorney and he put his arm around me and he said, I'll never forget it. He goes, now go live your life. And that that was the first wow. time that Nina, that was the first time in 18 years that I was actually on my own to grow my own business. Wow. I had I had been attached to my father's dream the entire time. And listen, I, I made lemonade out of lemons. Trust me, like I, right, right. I, I succeeded. But, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, bankruptcy is the, the end of your world. I didn't hear my life is over. I heard my life was about to begin. Yeah. I couldn't jump on that paperwork fast enough because I knew, I knew the only way to create a new narrative was to write a new chapter because I was reading the same chapter over and over again and personal bankruptcy allowed me to do that. And in all honesty, my life has never been the same. Right. Wow, that's really powerful too, right? Because you had a, a, a business attorney that was human, Right. Which was, I think, which was key. And you're right. It was all perspective there, too, Scott. Right. Because it was, oh, this is going to end me or this is going to start me. And I love that he gave you that that way of thinking and that perspective. I also really wanted to touch on the fact that you were taking money from uh, existing good decisions to feed the bad decision or the or the or the bad moments. Right. Why do you think you did that? Well, no one wants to fail. You right. know, no, no right. one. I, I mean, right. it, admitting that you had a admitting that you have a failing business is right. probably one of the, the, the greatest it strengths sucks. that you could have. And, but I mean, it sucks. But acknowledging that you're like, right. yeah, my business is tanking. This business sucks and I need to bury it. And so I, I did whatever I could because don't forget there were so many layers to that. So not only was it just keeping the lights on, but I I was responsible for, you know, 
1,200 members and their health and wellness goals. I was responsible for my general manager, my two assistant managers, all of my instructors, my trainers. Like that was their livelihood. So so that gym was – uh, like almost like a flower that was waiting to be pollinated by all of the people that, that were a part of it. And I was basically like the insecticide that was coming to kill it all. Right. And, and, you know, f- for me, I, that, that goes back to the people pleaser that I was for a lot of my life. And I, I remember just saying to myself, it, it's, it's either I continue to put everybody else in front of me it's and good. I'm the one that's going to suffer or I do the selfless thing, which to many people seems selfish. I have to put myself first because even though uh, some people's lives might be disjointed and they're, they're going to feel like the carpet is pulled out from under, under them, they're going to land on their feet. They're going to land on their feet and they're going to something better is going to come from this, just like something better was going to come out of it for me as well. And, and that's right. when I, I realized I, I can't – I was allowing – the situation to perpetuate by continuing to funnel profits from a successful business into a failing one, which right. means if I cut off the failing business, there would be more profit and revenue for the successful right. ones. Right. And right. That makes such logical sense. Right. Even though so I had somebody had to come and tell you because yep. you didn't get it. And I, I wanted to I wanted to touch on that because I know that that is one of the biggest heartaches is to make, not heartaches, but hard decision. It's a hard decision to make, to look at something that's your baby, right? And that you know has a lot of responsibility, like you said, has, you know, your trainers and everybody's attached to it. And then make that hard decision that this has to stop so that I can live is a very hard decision. And I know that this conversation, I'm sure, is touching somebody's ears who's probably going through that same exact situation. In fact, I was speaking to someone who is going through that same exact situation and are struggling really hard with what it is to lose their idea, their concept, their baby, right? Because that is a hard thing to do, right? And you're right. You said it. It is so hard to admit that it's a failure. It's hard to say that it failed, but failure to me is feedback. Mm -hmm. That's where you grow. That's where you expand, right? So I want to get to where you are today because that was then and i wanted to get that lesson out here because all of these people who listen who are i have a very active um audience which is great they're always like texting and emailing and all that great stuff and so i wanted them to like be touched by something that i know they can overcome even if they think this is it i'm dying my my business is dead i'm i'm done right so tell me about that next day scott because <laughs> you said the weight lifted off, but that also must have been a little scary too, right? Well, so how you, was that? You know, leading up to the bankruptcy and the closing of the gym, I was already kind of separating myself uh, from the gym. I, I would sit in my office all day or my my condo was right down the street. So I, sometimes if I had no one to train, I would I would just work from home. And I, I remember, uh, I, I remember that that August first when when I woke up, because you know the old routine was I got up at four uh, to be at the gym at five, and I would train straight through until about eight o'clock at night. That was my life for, you know, uh, almost uh, almost two decades. And when I broke the pattern, it it was 
it's it's very hard to explain, but I felt lighter. I felt mm. I felt like I finally had the opportunity to do things on my own terms. Even though I'd been an entrepreneur my entire life, I'd always wanted to, you know, build something of my own and and I I learned a lot from, you know, my my father's mistakes, but that that feeling on August 1st when I opened my eyes, I'm like, okay, now I have a blank canvas to, to mm -hmm. work off of. You know, I, mm -hmm. I don't, the, the predetermined schedule is no more. I get to determine my schedule now. Cool. So yeah. I, I felt really empowered. I felt really encouraged. I wasn't scared because remember, when, when I first went through entrepreneurship 101, I was 18 and a half. Right, I, right. I hadn't, I hadn't even been in the real world. I, I didn't even graduate college yet. So I hadn't been affected by the, the, the real business world, the nine to five business world, the mm -hmm, employee mm -hmm. mentality. I've been psychologically unemployable since day one, as I talked about. So I, I was excited. I wasn't scared. I'm like, okay, you know, what can I build now? And it was like this That's fire great. was, That's was great. lit under me because I knew because everything is possible and I, I knew that your failures always open the doors to your successes. It was only a matter of time until I really, you know, dug into that thing that I really wanted to kind of press on mm -hmm. that everything would start falling into place. And, and that ended up being LinkedIn. Yeah. 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 And I want to touch on that, too. And another couple of things you said, because you're saying you're dropping a lot of knowledge here. OK, I'm about to where, where's my I'm about to drop this mic on you. You keep it up. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I love this. I love this. So, uh, you know, I, I wanted to touch on something really quick because you said something that I think is so freaking important. You said, you know, I was already at 18. I already had my mind like built like an entrepreneur, right? That you already started that you didn't have that nine to five grind. Do you think this is just a random question? Do you think that people are like innately like they're already it's in them to be entrepreneurs or do you think that's something somebody can learn to be i think it's a a, a hybrid and that is a question nina i ask this question to people all the time because you know entrepreneurship is in my blood it's in my dna mm -hmm. it is my makeup like i am all my wife and i you know we own our company together we're both entrepreneurs we've always been she was selling bb baby bb beanie babies beanie on, babies <laughs> on 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 ebay when she was 10 years old with one of That's her girlfriends so, cool. so you know they build a website i mean she she has the same mindset as i do so i i think there's two things number one i think innately uh we are creative beings. Human beings are yeah. creative yeah. beings. Like we, we are, we are meant to create, to expand, um, and, and, and do incredible things. Now that's mm -hmm. not to say, listen, we do need, you know, for supply chain and, and for, you know, we need doctors, we need dentists, we need lawyers. We, we need all like those service type of, of businesses. We need those. So again, for the people that, that want to go that route, we need you. I mean, that's right. It's, it's, it's how we continue to thrive, but as far as someone learning to be an entrepreneur, I, I believe that any human being that has that, that magical stuff sitting between the six inches between their ears can do whatever they want. They can create whatever they want. They can be whoever they want. That's awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. But it really ha and it comes down to your mindset. The one yeah. thing that I know now, it's, it's not... Um, anything to do with lack of skill. 
It is not anything to do with a lack of opportunity or a lack of resources. And yeah. I remember yeah. Tony Robbins talked about this. It's a lack of resourcefulness, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that mind, that beautiful mind that we all have, it gets polluted with negative thoughts, bad relationships with money, old stories from our past, mm-hmm. you know, comparison, all of those things, the, the, uh, you know, robbing, uh, it's, it's the thief of our joy, right? When, when you start to compare yourself, it's, it's the, um, all of those contradictive stories that yep. we tell ourselves are the reasons why people end up, you know, not achieving those things. And I remember Les Brown talks about it all the time. He says in the graveyards around the world are some of the greatest inventions that were never made, some of the greatest songs that were never written, and some of the greatest movies that were never produced because people mm-hmm. died with those gifts inside of them. So if you get rid of all the junk and all the noise in your head, and you actually start working on yourself, you can accomplish and achieve anything you want if you want to. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I preach that all the time. 100% agree. So you got, you went from, you know, having this business, becoming a millionaire, had, had your gym, uh, went bankrupt, all that stuff. And then um, obviously you've worked on your mindset too because you have a very powerful mindset. And I know that you are also you know, uh, um, an author and podcast and all this great stuff. So talk to me about that journey. How did you get into the LinkedIn and being an author and all that great stuff that you're doing now? So, you know, what, what really happened was in, in 2013, so about nine and a half years ago, um, I was at a, a crossroad in my, my professional life, but also my personal life because And uh, a friend of mine asked me, um, he said to me, he goes, if you get sick or injured where you can't train people anymore, your gym goes under, how are you going to earn a living? And it was a really scary question to be asked because I never thought about my business mortality, right? I wasn't thinking about how was it not going to work. I only thought about how is it going to work. But now that I was thinking you know, I put all my eggs in one basket. I, I was one injury away, one illness away from, from losing everything. So I was at actually a personal development event and the host of the event um, brought up some of the, the top entrepreneurs that were at this event. They were making, I mean, gobs and gobs of money, multiple six, seven figures. And there was just this reoccurring theme. And the reoccurring theme was, Connection and conversation. Connection and conversation. Right. Every single one of them achieved what they'd achieved by talking to more people and building genuine connection. Yeah. So I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, where could I achieve that? So where I was pivoting, I was moving into the online wellness business. I was going from in-person to online. So where could I start connecting with more business-minded people that have access to greater monetary stability where they can make more investments, but also would be more open to connecting and networking. And the simple answer was it wasn't Facebook and Instagram because (laughs) I, 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 I read an article in Forbes that basically talked about the demographics of the platforms, which still rings true to today, 
which the average income that someone makes on Facebook and Instagram is $30,000 a year or less. You're only allowed 5,000 friends on Facebook. Uh, Instagram has the highest rate of fake accounts to real accounts on all of social media. And then you compare that to LinkedIn, where the average age is 30 to 55, with a yearly income of $100,000 a year or more, where you can have a network of 30,000 connections plus. And it was like, okay, what are you doing wasting your time on Facebook and Instagram? So- I jumped onto LinkedIn. I had started an account back in 2009 and it just collected dust and changed my profile around, started searching, connecting, messaging, and crazy enough, people started responding back. And I was booking call after call after call. And before I knew it, Nina, within about three weeks, my calendar was full of discovery awesome. calls. That's and great. and you know, my, my business completely skyrocketed. And I reached out to a couple of friends of mine that were, you know, in the similar space online. And I said, listen, you, you got you got to get on LinkedIn and here's what I want you to do. And I just basically verbally told them whatever I was doing. There was no system right. behind it. There was nothing, no structure. I'm like, do A, B, and C. My one buddy, Joe, got back to me in about, about two weeks and he texted me. And, and I'll never forget, he texted me and he said, call me. So I called him and I said, what's up? He goes, dude, listen whatever you figured out with LinkedIn, right? he goes, it really works. He goes, I have 14 appointments booked this week. He goes, you should be teaching this. He goes, create some videos, create a course, do something. And interestingly enough, the next week I went onto a podcast of my first business coach where I was talking about all these LinkedIn things and these statistics and what was going on. I got off of that podcast and my inbox on Facebook blew up. I had eight people reach out to me That's wanting great. to hire me. And and they're like, can, can I hire you? Can I hire? I'm like, what do they want to hire me for? And right. as, I, as, as, <laughs> right. I opened, as I opened right. up all the messages, they're like, can, can I pay you to teach me LinkedIn? I'm like, these people are going to pay me to teach them how to use LinkedIn. And that's when it was like, oh, oh man. Yeah. I, I put my thumb on the marketplace. I, I, I carved out a niche on social media, but more importantly, there was a need. There was a want, there was a hole and a gap in people's businesses. They weren't generating enough leads. They weren't having enough conversations. They weren't converting enough sales and they weren't generating enough revenue. And that's exactly what I was doing with LinkedIn. So I created a course, started coaching, started teaching, and here I am today. That's awesome. And you know what? That's that's really, really true because the conversations that I have on LinkedIn are very professional and we're all networking and communicating with one another. Um, and it is a whole different feel than Facebook and Instagram. That is just facts. That's, yep. That is true. Yep. And also when you deal with people who are already in that mindset of growth in business, investing in people that you know are going to help you grow is not even an issue. It's a no brainer. It's it's a no brainer. Now, if you are, um, you know, in Facebook, like everybody and their mother keeps trying to get me to do a Facebook group. And I'm just like, Oh, oh." I know that there's a Facebook group. I just don't know if I want to do it. I don't don't know if I want to do one. You know what I I mean? I I love, I, the one thing I do love about Facebook, I love Facebook groups. I'm with them because I, yeah. I, it's a, it's a great place where you can huddle people, yeah, and nurture them. But here here's what I I want people to from a visual standpoint. So Facebook is, um, it's a barbecue. 
that's where people go to hang out, right? It's right, where people right. show their life. It's personal. It's it's weddings. It's marriages. Yeah. It's anniversaries. It's deaths. It's births. It's all the pregnancy and all that stuff, right? Instagram is the Bravo TV of social media. It's it's a reality TV show. It is scripted. <laughs> it is drama filled. It is not real. I don't care what anyone says. No one in their right mind takes a selfie of themselves while they're crying and then posts it on social media. Right, I, right. That doesn't, when I'm crying and I'm having a breakdown moment, the last thing I'm thinking about is, ooh, Instagram worthy picture. Let me yeah, get my yeah. phone out. Like, I'm sorry. That's, it just, it doesn't exist. That's and, true. and what I love about LinkedIn, it's a global networking event every single time you log on. And I compare everything that we do to uh, the book, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. Amazing mm-hmm. book, I recommend mm-hmm. it to everyone. And uh, amongst the many nuggets in that book, you know what you pull out of that is instead of wor- living in a world of competition and comparison, live in a world of creation and collaboration. And yes. LinkedIn, you know, just like Nina was alluding to, if you wanna create, if you wanna collaborate, you gotta be with like-minded people and you're gonna find them on LinkedIn. That's great. So tell me a little bit about that. What do you do on LinkedIn? How do you help your people? Yeah, I would so, like my people who are listening to know what's up. Yeah, so I always talk about something called the four layers of LinkedIn. So I like I like visuals. That's just the way that, that I am. And, and if you want to picture kind of like a layer cake, you know, mm-hmm. you have a big base and then a medium, small, and then, you know, a little figurine at the top. So if you don't have the, the base at the bottom solidified, the cake topples over. So the base at the bottom is your LinkedIn profile. This is where everything happens. This is where your credibility is built. This is where your visibility is starting. This is where you drive traffic to wherever it is that you want, whether it's to book a call, to your website, to an opt-in, to your newsletter, wherever. And LinkedIn is all about search engine optimization, SEO. If your profile is not optimized from start to finish, You're not going to appear in more searches. You're not going to have people visiting your profile. And those numbers are there for you to see right now. If you go to your profile and you go to your dashboard, it'll tell you in the last seven days how many profiles, uh, how many times your profile was viewed and how many searches you've appeared. If those numbers are scarily low, you know your profile is not optimized. Now, the other area, you know, having a proper headshot having a proper headline that's keyworded, not key phrased, keyworded. So on mine, I have author, speaker, podcaster, business coach, uh, marketing, uh, branding, lead generation, all those things. Cause I want those keywords when they're searched, I want to appear. So oh, wow. you have to okay. key, not key phrases. Like I help business owners do X, Y, and Z. No one's going in a search mm. engine and searching business coaches who do X, Y, Z. They're not, they're typing in, key, <laughs> they're typing in. I'll key, be working on mine today, Scott. All right. Right they're, out they're, loud. They're, 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 they're searching for keywords. So think about That's business, funny. strategist, coach, all those things. Then you'll start appearing in more searches, but you know, filling out the about me section. Um, the experience section the right way, not like a resume, but add some juice to it. Like really describe what it is that you did and at any position, past or present, to let people know a little bit who you are. Um, yeah. 
but also the the personal recommendation section on LinkedIn, I think is one of the most underutilized. Um, I've accrued over 500 written recommendations, which are 500 testimonials that, that people yeah, have written awesome. and said, listen, this guy knows what he's doing. So right. you want other people to speak to your credibility where you don't have to, where, where people end up stumbling upon your profile and they'll be like, man, you know, Nina knows what she's doing. I got to reach out to her. I want to work with her. So let right. other people's words speak on your behalf. So um, anyone that goes to my website, scotterron.net, there, there's a free infograph that basically outlines the six things to optimize your profile. It's, it's there for everyone because I want people to ha you know do it uh, the right way the first time. Now, right. the second layer is building that ideal network. So I always tell people you have to think about your connections like two buckets. Bucket A is your ideal client. Not like man, woman, you know, old, young, whatever it is from, I would say, a professional and industry standpoint. So mm -hmm. are they business owners? Are they small business owners? Are they CEOs? Are they uh, marketing specialists? Are they business coaches? Are they business strategists? So you're going to search and connect from a keyword perspective that person that best fits the services that you provide. So think about from a very oh, okay. granular perspective, right? Who who are the people that you should be connecting with where with what you have to offer, you can fill a gap or a hole in their business with something that you provide, whether it's a coaching program, group coaching, product, a service, whatever it is. The other bucket needs to be full of what I call power partners. These are people like myself and Nina, two podcasters who are networking together to mm -hmm. introduce each other to each other's networks. That's how the no like, and trust is formed. So right. you have to be networking on there. Some of the best business that is going to be given your way is going to be from those that are trusted from others. So I make it a point to consistently reach out to other business podcasters so they can come on my podcast, I can guest on theirs, and we can scratch each other's backs because that's how you win in business. You yeah. win in yeah. business by helping each yeah. other. So at the, the long and the short is you do not send connection requests or accept connection requests from people that don't fit into one of those two buckets. So I encourage everyone that's listening, write down on a piece of paper from an industry or professional standpoint, who are your ideal clients and who are your power partners? And that will tell you who you should search and connect with, but also accept. Now, once you're building that ideal network, the third layer is messaging. And Nina, this is where it gets messy because if anyone has spent any time on LinkedIn, like you and I, uh, you've probably received some sort of 18 paragraph long drunkalog verbal vomit message of someone trying to sell you and pitch yes. you, schedule a call, watch this video, click this link, do this here, let's call, right. you need me, buy, buy from me. That's how you lose credibility instantly. So I've created something called the magic formula, which I'm going to teach you guys right now. When you are reaching out to someone for the first time, you want to do three things. Number one, state the person's name in a relaxed fashion. Hi, Nina. Great to be connected to you. Not dear Nina, comma, space, indent, next paragraph. How are you today? <laughs> because, well, the fact of the matter is people are, so using, uh, people are using a lot of automated software, which you can't. You'll get kicked off of LinkedIn that is mimicking that. So humanize yourself. Be a human being, right? Just be human. Like, don't be weird. Just say, hey, how are you? That's all you have to do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the second part 
is what I call bridging the gap. So lowering the drawbridge where you're stating a connection point between you and that person, right? So, you know, hey, Nina, it's so great to be connected to you. I noticed that you were a business podcaster, as am I. Would love to hear about your show. Share more about mine and how we can support one another here on LinkedIn. Now, I've done two things. Number one, I've lowered the drawbridge. So when Nina is reading that message, she's going to be like, oh, definitely going to respond back. He's a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. But the second thing I did is I used the second most important word in the English language outside of someone's first name. And that word is support. So there have been scientific studies, and you guys should all use this word as often as you can. There have been scientific studies that showed when someone reads the word support when seeing it, it triggers their brain to release a chemical called oxytocin. That is our feel-good brain chemical, the warm and fuzzies, right? You, Scott. So, so, so just like <laughs> dopamine or endorphins or serotonin, now you're lowering the wall of resistance. You're raising that level of connection, which is causing that person to more likely respond to you than not. Now, the final part of that, the third part, you stated their name, you created a bridge between you and that person, you finished with something called a CTA, a call to action. Questions lead to answers, statements lead to nowhere. You have to ASK to GET. You have to ask in order to get. So if I just said, Nina, let me know when's good for you, guess what? She's never going to tell me because- I haven't asked, but if I said, do you have any time this week or next week for a call or a zoom? Guess what? I've asked a clear question, which means I'm going to get a clear response. Now you've optimized your profile. You're building that network. You're messaging people and getting responses. How do you nurture people? Well, the fourth and final layer is content creation. Now, this is where people get scared because they're like, what do I say? What do I say? What do I need to do? All right, I'm going to make it very, very easy for you. So uh, unlike myself and Nina, who probably post more regularly than some people, if you're listening to this and you're just scared, just, just take comfort in knowing. LinkedIn is not a platform where you post six times an hour or six times a day, even six times a week. If you want to start out, just focus on posting three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's it. Now, if you're thinking now in your head, all right, Scott, I could do that, but what do I post? Monday, post a video. Now, this doesn't have to be some 15-minute long recorded video where you're just going on and on and on and on. Make it 60 to 90 seconds, a minute to a minute and a half, giving some sort of value-added tip, a tip of the day, right? So think about the person on the other side of the computer screen. So you're now you're filling your network up with people that need what you have to right, offer. Right. What is something that you can speak to where you can give them a tip? So, you know, here's my business tip of the day, you know, look to connect instead of sell and here's why. And then you give a little description. You can record it right on your phone. So you need your face, your mouth and your phone and that's it. After it's done, you just upload it right to LinkedIn. You write a little description. You're done. People will engage with that. Video is the best way to connect with people because they can see you, they can hear you, and they can feel you. Now, on Wednesday, you want to do something called a LinkedIn poll, which, again, you go onto LinkedIn, you hit start a post, and you'll see this little bar graph. You click on it, and it'll say create a poll. 
Now, these are market research questions. You're not asking people how they take their coffee or when they take down their Christmas decorations. That's not what it's for. And I've seen those and it makes me puke every time. Now, (laughs) what you want to ask is a pain point. So an example could be this. What is your biggest struggle in business right now? Number one, generating leads. Number two, posting consistent content, three, driving new revenue. Now, when you put that question out into your LinkedIn network, people are going to respond, which means they're going to tell you what they're struggling with. So if you find that the majority of the people that voted said they're struggling with bringing new revenue in. Now, on Friday, after looking back at some of the, obviously, uh, the statistic from that, Now you can create a long form post giving three tips of how to bring new revenue into your business. So now you're on this theme and this structure where you're never running out of content because you're giving, you're giving a, a simple 60 to 90 second tip on Monday, Wednesday, you're asking a question of something you want to find out about your audience. You're taking the most popular answer. And you're turning it into a long form post, giving three tips that is solving the need of what they said they're struggling with in that Wednesday poll. If you start there, if you just do those simple things that I discussed today, you will get results on LinkedIn. So good. And this is why he is the pro. All right. (laughs) This is why. Here you go, Mike. Got to drop that. Thank you. You can walk out. I appreciate that. I appreciate (laughs) that. No, that was awesome. And, Thank I, you, and already in my brain, I'm like, okay, so I got a couple of things I need to go get done. I need to go do some things. So Scott, thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate it. And just before you leave really quick, I want you to drop one more time where people can find you and how they can work with you, please. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn, obviously, but my website is, you know, houses everything, www.scotterron.net. That's two T's and two A's. Um, But also, I I just released a brand new book. It's coming out at the end of this month. Um, It's called The LinkedIn Book for Sales and Marketing. So anyone listening to this that wants to learn better sales and marketing tactics using LinkedIn, it's going to be available on Amazon August 29th. Um, You can also get on a wait list, which is on my website as well. And, uh, you know, would appreciate all the support I can get. That's so freaking cool. I'm so glad you came by. Thank you for being on Straight Talk. I learned a lot. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you, you, Nina. Pleasure and honor to be here. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening, watching, sharing, all of that great stuff. You know what to do. You guys have already gotten my podcast up to about 30,000 downloads in a month. And I am super grateful for that. I want to make sure that you guys connect with Scott because just in this little episode that we did, I had gotten already so many tips. I got to go get my stuff fixed. (laughs) So make sure that you follow Scott. I'm going to make sure to link all of his information below so that you can work with him on what you need to do to expand your network on LinkedIn because the guy has knowledge and he already dropped it for you. So thank you guys for being here. This is Nina Perez, Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.